Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. The first round of the 2023 NFL Draft is done. All the picks are in. Joe DeLeon, Ryan Roberts here on the first team to react to these picks. And first of all, it's been a very long night. Ryan and I have been through the ringer, but also at the same time, the city and kind of digest this, Ryan. You were just saying this to me. That might have been one of the strangest first rounds I've ever witnessed, not only from the, the movement, yeah. all of the trades, the guys that were taken where they were, but like some of these reaches, I, it was a talent devoid class that was missing a, a lot of premier players. And we saw how that worked out. So like Ryan, like what are you, thoughts here? What are you, <laughs> I, I can't even fully articulate it. Like, what do you think about all the, the craziness that we just witnessed uh, during this draft? I, I was prepared for it mostly, right? Like I was prepared for it to be weird because this is a draft that we know doesn't have a lot of consensus. I mean, there's some positions that we talked about. Like I'm high on Miles Murphy. I know we'll get into specific players in a second, but like I'm high on Miles Murphy. The NFL apparently isn't as high as I am, for instance, right? The tight end hierarchy is a conversation we've talked about. The quarterback hierarchy. It's just a lot of weirdness, man, though. But like it, it, it was one of those situations where I felt like I adequately prepared myself for it to be weird, but it still went beyond my expectations, man. There were some players mm. just that slid that I was super surprised about. There were some players that were risen up the board that I was surprised about. And then, like you said, Joe, there was you, you want to quantify how weird it was? The first two, the only two trades that happened in the top 10 were neither for a quarterback. Neither of those picks were for quarterbacks. They, there was a trade Which up. This is insane. There was a trade up for Will Anderson, and then there was a trade up for Jalen Carter. There was no trade up in the top 10 for a quarterback, which is when does that ever happen? That there's two trades into the top 10 for a team to get into the top 10 that isn't a quarterback. That just doesn't happen, man. I mean, I think that quantifies it perfectly as far as the weirdness of this draft. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. And I, I want to take some of these takeaways of like good fits, talking some of these positives. And then I want to wrap our thoughts here on some really big surprises of guys that fell out of the first round. So look, we got to jump to this immediately, Ryan. What the heck, man? <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles. It. How can you go to the Super Bowl and then pick the guys that you got in the first round? You got Jalen Carter in the top 10 who is the best player in the class. We're, going to, we're all going to sit here and agree this is the best player in the class. And then in the back end, Nolan Smith is still on the board, another Georgia Bulldog, yep. to then sure up and add another explosive fast guy to play opposite of Hassan Reddick. Look, I got to say, first of all, this is a great spot for Jalen Carter to land because he's going to a situation where he's playing with guys that he has chemistry with. He's going to be in a locker room with guys that he's close with. And I'm hoping these guys are mature role models for him and can help him and keep him in the right situations that he doesn't get into trouble anymore. And that was what we talked about a lot, that he's now in a safer spot. Yeah. But to have all these damn Georgia Bulldogs, dude, this is just, it's insane the talent that they have on defense. 
Joe, you you know the running joke when the the commanders are always drawn to the Alabama players for like the longest time, right? It was like we're going to draft Jonathan Allen and Tim Williams and um, Ryan Anderson and all these dudes, Deron Payne. Like, yeah, we're just going to get all these Alabama players. That's what that's what the Philadelphia Eagles have quickly turned to on the defensive side of the ball for the Georgia side of things. Right now, you have Jordan Davis next to Jalen Carter. You got Nolan Smith as kind of the heir apparent to a. Um, to what's his name? Uh, Tassan Reddick, that is the kind of their sta- yep. lightly built stand up rusher. You have and Kobe Dean, who is slated to be the starting middle linebacker potentially for the Eagles in 2023. So, yeah, man, they have gone all in on these Georgia Bulldogs, obviously. And, Joe, I, I, I just can't believe we just let a team that went to the Super Bowl get the best player in the draft. Like that, that happened, man. That happens, right? They got him and they took a gamble on Nolan Smith at pick 30, but. You know, it's it's a gamble that you can take when you've got Jalen Carter with the ninth overall selection. Right? Can we talk about that one though? Can we talk about something else in a different yes. layer? Yes, go ahead. Different layer. Yes. The original ninth overall selection was was who, Joe? Who had the, the ninth pick? That tra- the Chicago Bears, and they swapped there. They swapped there. Not only did they swap there, they had Jalen Carter staring him in the face. They decided not to. Okay, cool. You, you're, maybe you're not comfortable with them. Trade back one spot. Mm-hmm. We know they need an offensive lineman. Who do they take, Joe, at pick 10? Darnell Wright. I, so that one I didn't totally get, and I know that you were leading into this. Yeah. I would have much rather that it had been Peter Skaronsky, and I said that in the reaction that we did uh, with Joey Christopoulos for Believe. But I, I don't mind the pick. and it, Honestly, that's a, a decision to say, we want Braxton Jones as our left tackle. That's what the decision says to me. Yeah. Yeah, you went with a guy that you know for sure is a right tackle, right? Like you don't have to worry about left tackles transitioning over to right tackle. But for me, man, like you looked at the best player in the draft at nine. You decided to trade back one spot. Okay, not a great spot for me, but like I can at least understand where this is coming from. But then you take an offensive lineman that I think there were two better offensive linemen still on the board, man. Like you still had – Peter Skaronsky, you still had Broderick Jones on the board as well. Like, I just think that there were better offensive linemen on the board. So I just wasn't a big fan of what the Chicago Bears did there. Just it wasn't a great spot for me. We jumped around here though, right? Because yeah, you know who I thought had a great first round was the Houston Texans, man. Like tremendous. I, I think they didn't overthink it yeah. at pick two, which was a great start in my opinion. Right. So I, I wanted to talk about these quarterbacks. And I think yeah. the better way to look at this, the Houston Texans, talk about like a whole draft day move, man. This is out, straight out of the damn movie that they they get a quarterback at two who the whole process, the whole process, we have been faked out. And I, I'd be willing to bet, damn it, that the Texans have been pumping out information. And I, I know a, somebody who has a source within the uh, Texans front office that was telling me some of these things that they were pumping out to the media, that they clearly were trying to push teams away from trading up. That's clearly what the idea was. They got C.J. Stroud at two. They get their guy. They've got the quarterback position figured out for the future. And I I like the fit. I think that there is still some concern for what weapons he's going to have to throw to. He's going to struggle in year one. It's going to be an issue. He's not going to have a strong start to his career. Let's see who he takes on day two. But... He needs to add some weapons to the mix. But for them to come back up to three, my God, that was a big brain move. You got your quarterback and a star edge rusher. That is awesome. Will Anderson is going to be so good in that defense. 
And D'Amico Ryans is a defensive savant. This is going to be such a dangerous defense now for for the Houston Texans. I love both these picks. This is one of the teams that I, without a doubt, am saying A+, A+, along with the – the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, I would also give an A plus to the Seattle Seahawks, man. Not only did you get the best corner in the draft, in my opinion, Devin Witherspoon at five, you followed that up with Joe with getting wide receiver one at pick 20. Like you were able to just sit there and let Jackson Smith and Jiggles kind of just fall into your lap. And it, especially when the Seattle Seahawks, Tyler Lockett's getting a little bit older. He's kind of getting on that last leg. I think that immediately Jackson Smith and Jippa comes in and he's your premier slot receiver with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And then once Tyler Lockett leaves, then he becomes instantly your number two guy right behind DK. So getting Devin Witherspoon and getting a Jackson Smith and Jigba with your two first round picks, I think the Seattle Seahawks also kind of knocked it out of the park for me. Yeah, Witherspoon's awesome. Uh, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba, the fact that he was on the board and to sure up a receiving room. And also the big thing, this is a good fit for JSN because he steps into a spot now where he doesn't have to be the the big guy. You know, he doesn't have to be the primary guy and the best guy in the room, which was kind of a concern for if he was the Packers pick where they they don't really have anyone else. And all the attention would have been on Jackson Smith and Jigba. And some of that can be diverted away. I will say it feels a little odd that the Seahawks went with a smaller corner. Like we're so used to them going and getting these big, big corners like Tariq Woolen, who was successful early on. And I, I jokingly have said, and I think everyone has said that Julius Brent would have made sense somewhere on day two, but I, Witherspoon does feel a little weird uh, fit wise, but it's still an awesome pick. The guy's physical. It's, it's a great pick for the Seahawks. Yeah, I think so, man. He He's one of those guys that I just think is such a high floor to him too. It's like, can you? I think there's very little possibility for Devin Witherspoon to not be a good football player on the next level. Like he's he's going to be at least be good. And I, I think that you know there's going to be some people that are going to say, but you know maybe Christian Gonzalez is better. And I, I, I you know long term, and I, I think that there's a reasonable conversation to have there. But I just think the floor attributes, and also I think the the approach that he brings to the game, Devin Witherspoon, the kind of the personality he brings, right? Kind of that dog mentality. That's what Seattle was built off of when they were the Legion of Boom, right? Like they kind of had an attitude to him. So I, lo- I love the fit both from a personal perspective, from a player perspective. I really think Witherspoon's going to bring a lot to that team, man. That was one of my favorite picks. I, I want to talk about Anthony Richardson ending up with yep. the Indianapolis Colts. And I've said throughout the entirety of this process that if Anthony Richardson goes to the Colts, that is his best scenario. And it's no surprise that Shane Steichen wasn't sitting there saying, man, look what I just did with with Jalen Hurts. Look what I just did scheming up that offense. Let's go get a bigger, stronger guy. Let's get a guy that's got a bigger arm, the more freakish athlete. I, I think this works so well for him. I say you play him as soon as possible. Mike Lombardi came on the show and said that he, he probably can't, but this is the one spot I would argue he steps in, go run the football. Yeah. 10, 15 passing attempts a game. Keep it simple. I know that's kind of hyperbolic, but let him make mistakes, run the football, and then he'll start to figure things out as time progresses. Yeah, I, I think that that one, I mean, I'll give you credit occasionally, Joe. Once in a blue moon, you'll get a nice little compliment, okay? Uh, you, ha, ha, you, ha. you called that fit, man. You did. You called that fit. You liked, the, you liked Anthony Richardson to the Colts for a long time, and I think that that fit makes a whole lot of sense because to your point, Shane Steichen is a guy that understands how to utilize the leg attributes of a quarterback. And so he brings that to the table. And I think that that's a 
Very cohesive fits. I really do. Biggest shocker of the first round, Joe? I couldn't believe this, man. So sick on quarterbacks for a second. Your boy Will Levis didn't go in the first round, man. But but let's I want to get to the guys yes. who fell in a second, yes. though. I just wanna I that is very shocking, and I do want to get to that in a second. Because that's where I want to wrap us, because there's a couple of guys that did slide out that I'm really shocked, and Will Levis is definitely one of them. I do want to get to one point here that I want to give credit to the Arizona Cardinals for figuring out their offensive line situation. I think them trading back, getting some extra picks was really massive. That was a big opportunity for them. But to come back up and get Paris Johnson, that's awesome. Yeah. That 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 is like their main thing here with the first round is if you got out of here with picks and protection, arguably the best tackle in the class, if not the second best tackle in the class, this is a great move here. Uh, for the Arizona Cardinals for a completely new regime. So I'm excited for what is being built here for Arizona. Yeah, and they're a team that was able to trade back, so you were able to recoup a little bit of draft capital, and you got who you perceive to be the best offensive tackle on the board. And once the, the situation we need to understand with the Arizona Cardinals is I think that there is a conversation of if the Kyler Murray move and deal was wise or not. And there's a little bit of hindsight with that conversation, right? But the the point blank here, the bottom line is that he's your quarterback for the foreseeable future. It just is what it is, right? So what can you do? You can put assets around him. And one of the biggest assets now is that you're able to put a guy like a Paris Johnson Jr. to pair with DJ Humphreys, who's also a pretty solid offensive tackle at the next level. So I agree, man. I think that you have to protect your best asset. And one thing that is plagued Kyler Murray the last couple of years is his body continues to break down a little bit. So adding protection in front of him, I think makes a ton of sense for sure. I want to bring up, and this is kind of approaching and changing the, the tone here to some of the picks that are a little odd. <laughs> I got to be honest. I got to be honest. I hate the Bijan Robinson pick. Why? Like, Why? This is great for Bijan. Yes. This is great for Bijan, but not for the Atlanta Falcons because Arthur Smith loves to run the football. And he was looking for a star running back, and he got his star running back. This is going to be a a perfect pairing for his production in that run game. He's going to rush for some stupid number. He's going to have some dumb rushing total as a rookie. But my problem is, and I've said this this whole time, I don't want to see Bijan go to a bad football team that is still figuring other things out. I... They don't have their quarterback figured out. They're not going to win the NFC South. They're not going to win the NFC South in the next two years, assuming that next year that is when they go after their quarterback. And they're not going to win that following year until the year after that. So I hate bad football teams drafting elite running backs early to assume it's going to fix all their problems. It's not. It's not going to fix their problems. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't hate the pick. I didn't hate the pick. I, I get what you're saying, Joe, because I do think that Atlanta has uh-huh. some holes. I, I 100% agree with there. But I think in a vacuum, right? Like I was talking about in a vacuum. In a vacuum, you got a top three football player in this class at pick eight. So like there's still value there, right? I understand the whole running back conversation in the top 10 versus what you were going to pick. But I guess my question to you would be, who would you have taken in that situation? Would you have just taken Jalen Carter? Is is that what you're kind of alluding to? Would you take an offensive lineman? Like, I'm just trying to understand, like, where Off, you're... Yeah, I would have taken Skaronsky because, like, their yeah. interior offensive line is a mess. I would have 100% taken Skaronsky. Gotcha. Well, I, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting conversation because I guess that you would get into... Because if I asked you just point blank, if I said, 
Joe, who's a better football player, Bijan Robinson or Peter Skaronsky? What would your answer be? I would say it's close, but I'd say Bijan Robinson. You actually think it was close, though? You think it would be pretty close? Yeah, I, don't, I, I think that Skaronsky's knocked because he's maybe considered to be a guard and he's probably going to play guard with Titans. So I. Yep. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think it's close. Well, actually, I, I think that I think that Skaronsky might be actually be playing offensive tackle because didn't Tennessee just released Taylor Luan, right? So oh, you're the, right. He might be playing. Yeah, you're, that's a good point. I who's completely the, forgot the guy Luan. I don't even know who the right tackle is. Is Dylan Raiden's the right tackle? I don't even know who the right tackle is right yeah. now. So Raiden's is their right tackle. So yeah, I mean, maybe he might be either one of those tackle spots. We'll see. Can, can I tell you something I hated? Can, can we get there now? Go, go for it. All right. Go for it. What the heck are the Detroit Lions doing, Joe? What, what the heck are they doing, I was going to bring them up next. What the heck are they doing? They, they had an – I tweeted this. They had the opportunity to have one of the most impactful drafts, and Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell is – one kind of reaches. I don't hate the Gibbs pick because I think it's their run citrity, but like I'm at all on board with you, man. I, don't, I think this draft is very overrated, and some people are propping it up. Are people propping it up? Are people propping it up, really? I think some people might be. I, I, I think I saw a couple of tweets. I'm just mostly going off of my exhaustion brain. But <laughs> Dude, I, I didn't get this one at all, man, because I, I think both picks are incredibly flawed. I, one, you drafted Jameer Gibbs. I know that the regime in Detroit apparently isn't the biggest fan of DeAndre Swift, it appears, but you also just signed yeah. David Montgomery. So you have David Montgomery and DeAndre Swift. That's a pretty dang good duo, in my opinion. I think that's a formidable pair of running backs in the NFL. And you perceive that Jameer Gibbs was still the pick at 12, right? Like that's just in a vacuum and just in a just general sense. Doesn't sound like tremendous value to me drafting a running back that's going to be part of a stable at pick 12. At least Bijan with Atlanta. I know that Bijan's going to be the, the, guy. the dude, right? Like he's going to be the dude. And then at pick 18, you follow it up where I'm just like, okay, you got to go defense now because Detroit quietly had the 31st ranked defense in the NFL last year. It was awful. You take Jack Campbell. Joe, you know that I like Jack Campbell. I think you like Jack Campbell as well, if I remember correctly from our evaluations. Yeah, I, but he was my he was my third linebacker, so it's yeah. not like I'm like crazy in love with him. Well, and he was 18th, and there's some questions I have about Jack Campbell's ability to be a great pass coverage player. Like, I just, I have some questions about it. So, mm-hmm. you drafted a running back in the top 20 and a linebacker that's more of a two down run stopper in the top 20. That's what you did. This is a very archaic way of thinking. I feel like they were stuck in the 1990s in this draft process. You drafted a running back and a linebacker in the top 20. That's two of the most <sighs> positions that have decreased in value the most over the last few years. It's just really weird, really odd why that was the well, those were the positions. But it's if they took Trenton Simpson, I'd be fine with it. But it's like you took the throwback Mike Backer that's not good in pass coverage. So yeah. it's like I, I don't know, man. I don't think you're getting every down contributions from either of these picks, which is really weird. Yep. We've got a few minutes left to wrap us up here. Yep. The two biggest fallers that were so unexpected, Michael Mayer and Will Levis. Dude, I'm going to say this right now. This is my take. Everybody knows that has watched this show, knows that I am the biggest Michael Mayer fan. This is going to be the pick that everyone's going to say, what the heck? Why did we let this guy fall to the second round? He is going to be the biggest make everybody regret it pick in this class without a doubt. Well, he's, I've, I've obviously have cover, covered Michael Mayer a decent amount. I've had the chance to talk to Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer is one of the most competitive people, Joe, that I've ever seen in my life. Like this is one of those dudes 
that every chip he has, he's going to wear that chip on his shoulder. He's going to do it. So I agree. I, I think that this I, – I don't get this one, man. Like I was just talking to, to Brian Driscoll on on the, the live stream podcast we were doing afterwards. I'm just like, I don't understand what I'm missing with Michael Mayer. I, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. He didn't run 4-5. I guess that's the thing. But the tight, the only tight end that was drafted, Dalton Kincaid, didn't run at all. He wasn't tested at all. I'm just, I don't get what I'm missing with Michael Mayer. I really don't. I, I still think he's a top ten player in the 2023 NFL draft. I really do. I think that he's going to be a second round value, and he's going to be one of the best tight ends in the NFL in a very short amount of time. I, I, I truly believe that. It's, it was a head stra- scratch for me, man. I didn't get that one at all. I, I also think, I think what contributed to this was. The NFL said, okay, there's a scarcity on good receivers. So we're going, all the teams that want a receiver said, oh my God, we're going to miss out. We got to go get somebody now. And that happened so quickly that a team like the Giants missed out on that run of receivers to get one of these players. Yeah. And then they went with Deontay Banks, which I, that's like a B plus pick. I, they, I think they it's tra- a fine Didn't pick. they trade up for Deontay Banks too, right? They traded up for they, him. They, they did. And yeah. I actually thought that was going to be Michael Mayer, if I'm being completely honest. Albert Breer tweeted too. that, and I was I was geeking because if he was a New York Giant, oh my god! Uh, but that's certainly strange. But we have to we have to we can't bury the lead here. Will Levis going undrafted? Yeah. Here's what I think happened: undrafted in the I first round. What, Rephrase that a little bit. Well, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Goes undrafted in the first round. Yes. He's going to be a second round pick, very likely. Yes. Here's what I think happened. Yep. There were concerns with his decision-making that we've talked about on this show, yep. his processing ability that we've talked about on this show. Yep. There's a worry there. And then he shows up to these, these interviews, and from what I heard, he came off a r- little too strong, a little too intense from what I heard. And I think that rubbed a lot of teams the wrong way where they were, they were thinking to themselves, we had question marks about this kid. We were enamored by the traits. Maybe we could go with it. And he came in way too intense, and that freaked him out. And that's where they said, you know, I, I'm good, man. Let's let's see where he falls. Maybe later on in the draft. I one of the things that's very interesting, Ryan, yeah. is that your analysis on him and our analysis on him as a day two pick apparently agrees with the NFL. It's weird, right? Isn't it weird? I mean I Joe, I mean, I was fully ready for Will Levis to be a second quarterback off the board in this draft. I was ready for it, man. Because I was too, dude. NFL makes this Makes this they they make this mistake every single year. It feels like just about, but apparently the NFL also doesn't like that that someone puts mayo in his coffee and eats banana peels. Apparently, like that's <laughs> kind of where we are. I guess. I mean, it, it it makes me feel validated that the NFL kind of agrees with some takes, right? It's like, uh, yeah, that's probably a good idea. But I mean, it's a head scratcher, man. I also. We got after – I think it was after he got picked – after we got past Tennessee, right, when they drafted Peter Skaronsky. I was literally looking down the board. I'm like, I don't know who's going to take him anymore. Like, I, no one ever did. So, we, right. we hit that stretch. Yeah. Look, Bo Callahan. <laughs> Bo Callahan. Will Levis is Bo Callahan. I tweeted it. Folks, thank you so much for joining us here on the first team we're going to have some more coverage coming your way throughout this draft. We really appreciate it. It's going to be a long couple of days, and we appreciate those who are spending it with us. Enjoy the rest of your week, folks. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.